Welcome to Stories from the NNI. I'm Lisa Friedersdorf, Director of the National Nanotechnology Coordination Office. Today, it's my pleasure to welcome Sanchita Batnagar, Assistant Professor at the University of Virginia. Sanchita, thank you so much for joining us today. To get us started, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in nanotechnology? Thank you very much, Lisa, for inviting me. It's really pleasure and a great opportunity to talk about my research program. The reason we started working on nanotechnology is, to be honest, is serendipity. My lab is interested in investigating the epigenetic mechanism in, in cancer. But we realized that identifying the targets is not really directly helping the patients. So we took a step upon ourselves and we wanted to provide a mechanism by which we can translate our findings to clinic. And that's where we started working with nanoparticles. I have to accept this, that one of the main reasons we started working on nanoparticle is because of my postdoc, Dr. Song Lu, who joined my lab a few years back. However, we also were very fortunate to collaborate with another scientist in the department, Dr. Jogendra Tushi Singh, who is an antibody engineer. And combining their expertise, we develop what we call molecularly targeted nanoparticles. And I would love to elaborate on them later. However, what this allows us to package our inhibitor of the target, which is TRIM37, a breast cancer oncogene, into this lipid nanoparticles. Now, these lipid nanoparticles are, are different from what we know from various format is that they have an antibody on the surface. This antibody recognizes a protein that is expressed abundantly on cancer cell in comparison to the healthy cells, allowing us to be able to specifically deliver our package to cancer cell. And that's exactly what we saw in our animal models, that these nanoparticles deliver the target, the inhibitor, directly to the metastatic cancer, which in this case is lung cancer, derived from triple negative breast cancer cell lines, and minimizes the growth of this tumor in the animals. So you mentioned already, I think, the concept of collaboration. And that is an area that we hear a lot about with respect to nanotechnology and, and intersecting different disciplines. Can you share your experience about the role that collaboration has played in your research and bringing together different disciplines with nanotechnology? That's exactly what happened in this case when we started working with nanoparticle. I had an expert who can generate a nanoparticles in my field, but we always wanted to improve. But I'm not an expert immunotherapist, and it was very convenient to walk to this great scientist, who is also my husband, to, to be able to, to design this antibody and, and help us build this platform, which has shown a great improvement in the delivery system. Can you elaborate a little bit on the role of nanotechnology? Triple negative breast cancer is what this whole work has been done for. Now, triple negative breast cancer is a very aggressive breast cancer subtype that almost counts for 20% of the breast cancer cases. The incident rate in the United States alone is around 40,000 patients per year. 
the TNBC patients are very likely to show resistance to chemotherapy, relapse, and reoccurrence, which is what we call metastatic growth. And that's the reason the five-year survival rate for triple negative breast cancer is almost 77% relative to what we see for the other breast cancer subtypes. It's around 93%. Despite the high mortality rate, the standard of care for triple negative breast cancer is chemotherapy. Now, chemotherapy works great initially, but eventually patient develops resistance to chemotherapy and then we see metastatic tumors, which is the growth of tumor other than where you have the primary tumor. So the tumors are not limited just to breast. You find these patients develop tumors in brain, liver, lung, and bone. And that's what we define as the metastatic growth. Now, triple negative breast cancer patients have an aggressive growth of metastatic tumors. And that's what my lab is interested in. What we believe an unresolved question in the field is, what really drives a primary tumor to become metastatic? And this is clinically relevant because metastatic, but not the primary tumor are often fatal. So an important issue in the field is, we know several oncogenes, several tumor suppressor genes that drive cancer. But the question that we don't have an answer for is whether the driver of cancer also drive metastases. And that's what my lab did is my previous work has identified TRIM37 as a driver of breast cancer, a breast cancer oncogene. So when I established my own research program, the first question that I really wanted to address is, is this driver of breast cancer also drives metastases? And that's what drove this research project. We have clearly found out the mechanism by which TRIM37 drives the metastases and resistance to chemotherapy. Again, coming back to our appetite to find out how we can translate these findings to clinic, we really wanted to show and develop a method by which we can inhibit this protein in the animal and show that it is capable of reducing metastases. We had the inhibitor for TRIM37, which we call antisense oligonucleotide. But as you would realize in the field that of drug optimization, you cannot just deliver the naked drug. You always worry about the efficacy, the clearing from the phagocytic system and the liver. So the question was delivery mechanism. And that's where we utilize this excellent nanoparticle platform to package our drug or inhibitor into the core of this lipid, which now protects this, increasing the half-life of this inhibitor, the antisense oligonucleotide, and increasing the payload. But again, we realized the problem. Based on the literature and a uh, vast amount of data that is available out there, that one of the problems that we face with nanoparticle is the delivery and its secretion out of the body because it's taken up by the phagocytic system and is kicked out through the liver. So to improve on that, we utilize the antibody that targets the surface of a cancer cell protein, folate receptor 1. It's a clinical investigative antibody. 
Now, I would like to mention here that this is a little bit modification here because the farlitizumab antibody has been engineered to include a linker. So now this linker enables us to covalently link the antibody to the nanoparticle using malamide chemistry. And this is different from various other formats out there because usually they are chemically conjugated. Here we are not doing any chemical treatment, but we are using a linker and a malamide chemistry to link an antibody and a nanoparticle. Luckily, when we use this in our animal models, we could see a significant difference in the metastatic tumor burdens, specifically in the lung of the animal. Can you share the way that you engage with students and in the makeup of your team? I think what we have achieved is a teamwork. I've been very fortunate to have an excellent people who are self-driven and, and really, really smart. One of the major players in this project is Dr. Song Lu, who came to my lab a few years ago with an expertise in nanoparticle synthesis. I think my mentoring style has a lot to do from my own mentors. I have been very fortunate to have some excellent mentors in my life. So I'm an immigrant. I came from India. You know, I'm not a native English speaker, you can imagine. So uh, when I came here at the University of Notre Dame, I, I would like to give a shout out to my graduate advisor, Dr. Jeffrey Shiori, who not only guided me to pursue my research project at that time, but he also mentored me to follow my gut and, you know, be very inquisitive and open. And I think he played a, a large part in my teaching philosophy. I learned through him that at some point you have to trust your student, that you have to give him an opportunity to make a mistake and then learn from it and improve from it. And I think that's exactly what I follow. I, I want to give my students an independence to be able to pursue a question but at the same time, I'm always there for them. I don't want them to make a mistake and, you know, being hard on themselves. I have an open door policy, so they're always welcome to come in and discuss with me. I like to help them. I'm a mom. So, you know, those instincts always kick in and you like, you know, I can solve your problem. But sometimes I like to hold back, just take a back seat and see them. So I just want to say thank you for taking the time to talk with us today and, and ask you, do you have any closing thoughts for students who might be pursuing nanotechnology or for our listeners more broadly? So for the students, I think I would say that follow your heart. Innovation is the key here. We have tons of literature to say that what are the problems with nanoparticles? Keep that in mind and see how you can improve on it to take this field forward. And for the listeners, I think I would just like to reiterate that this work is preliminary. We have done this in animals and it looks promising. We don't have the cure for triple negative breast cancer yet, but I think we have a way to move forward. And we are my lab and others in the field are continuously working on it. Thank you for joining us today for the stories from the NNI. If you would like to learn more about nanotechnology, please visit nano.gov or email us at info at nnco.nano.gov. 
and check back here for more stories.